Hello, and welcome to the teacher edition of Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud. The complexity of teaching is both challenging and rewarding, and my curiosity is piqued whenever I explore with teachers the multiple pathways for facilitating student engagement in the exciting world of learning. This podcast looks to serve teachers as they motivate and support their learners. Thanks for listening. I'm delighted that you're here. An open system approach to teaching. Landon Mascarenas and Donnie Tran, the authors of The Open System, Redesigning Education and Reigniting Democracy, are joining our podcast today. They both have extensive backgrounds supporting educators, systems, and communities in revitalizing schools and communities based on openness. I asked them if they would share how the important elements of an open system might apply to a classroom. Landon, I'm wondering if you'd start with a a broad understanding of an open and closed system as to how that might apply to a classroom. Well, first off, thanks for having us on, Steve. Excited to be here. Thanks, teachers, for all the work you do all over the world to bring the light of knowledge to and connection to students. One of the reasons we chose the words uh, open and closed as ways to understand the opportunity for building and co-creating community is that they are ancient words, Steve. And we think every teacher in the world can understand what it means to have an open classroom, one that welcomes in students, families, parents, and communities into their space. And one that actually maybe requires them to leave their classroom and connect to their community more broadly, to go to the local community hubs, community centers, to into their students' uh, homes uh, for a home visit. And really, uh, uh, versus a closed classroom, which says no one gets to come in, uh, no other expertise is valid but mine, um, that no other experiences matter in the learning trajectory of our uh, students. And um, and that mental model, we believe, is important to begin the understanding of how this could apply to a classroom. Donnie, I, I noted that you've been a middle and high school uh, science teacher, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering thoughts on how those experiences influenced your uh, exploration and, and passion for a focus on an open system. Well, thank you so much for hearkening back to the, the happiest years of my life. Uh, I was a middle school science teacher in Oakland, California, and then a high school science teacher in Boston. And um, those were real opportunity, or they they really catalyzed my love of engaging differently with community. So when I think about an open system in the context of, of a classroom, I can I think about it in a bunch of different ways, many of which teachers are already doing. So I know so many educators who co-create their class agreements or class constitutions, their class rules with the young people that are there. Because at the end of the day, an open system is really just about building a deeper level of commitment through gaining consent through the process of co-creation. And so I know any teacher who creates their classroom rules with their young people, that's exactly what they're doing. They're just trying to build a greater sense of collective ownership of this shared thing that they built together. And so um, another place where I could see it playing out is also within the context of the back to school night. Uh, I remember when I was a, a science teacher doing back to school night was not me going through the syllabus, which is fine. You should totally do that. But also engaging families and defining like what does science mean to you? Uh, what does it mean in your cultural context? 
where have you seen you know science play a role in in your experience and building some shared knowledge with them and then there's the other aspect that i loved doing when i was a science teacher was actually getting my kids to solve community problems so when when i was a science teacher in oakland we actually engaged in this project where we tested some candies that an npr report had told us may contain lead uh, and so we did chemical testing of all of these different types of candies and then we published a community report on that uh, and passed it out and like shared what we had found which is another example of like dynamism and energy between the community and schools uh, and we did similar things in high school it's almost even easier in high school uh, but these are just two ways or three ways in which i know educators are already enacting an open system in the way that they do their work so I, i'd like to uh kind of get a picture painted here if i'm a teacher and i'm experiencing a, a district and building leadership that's implementing more open practices what might i as a teacher be finding in 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 the environment that's moving in that direction i mean it's a really important question i mean i think that i really believe it begins with the relationship components you know what does it mean to meet one-on-one -on -one with every kid to ask their hopes and dreams to sit down with their parent to also ask their hopes and dreams for their for their child um I, you know i think that there are like a million creative ideas that teachers can come up with to think about co-creation and openness in their classroom yet it becomes and begin it begins with their ability first and foremost to have an open heart and open mind themselves in their ability to uh kind of ask the questions that you're talking about here um, and then it requires them to be able to um, uh, get to know their community of students, of, of parents and families. Uh, when I was at Denver Public Schools, we ran a uh, pretty significant home visit program. We achieved over 11,000 home visits one year that we were there. I mean, that's an incredible program because it it actually creates the conditions for relational connection that we then believe open up the opportunities for co-creation after that. Um, and that it's very hard to co-create with people you don't know or you aren't willing to sit down and learn from. Um, and that has to be a part of the journey. For sure. How about a student? So I'm, I'm a student in a classroom where the teacher has taken a more open approach. What's it look like and sound like to the student? Hmm. You know, I, I think the overarching thread is that I think Landon's introduction to an open system spoke to is, are you respected? as a contributor to this common community do you have expertise that matters do you have a perspective that matters uh, and i think that people in inherently or can very easily determine whether or not that's true uh, when they come into a space they know whether or not things are performative and it's just for show uh that it's you know just a rubber stamp um or I think for a young person, they know when they come into a place that are they really a part of this classroom community and able to exercise some agency in it? Or are they are they just there to receive uh, whatever the person in power wants to, to share with them? And I think that can come down to, um, you know, I think we know how to ask for feedback in ways that get us to where we want to go but it is about asking the questions in a way that is truly open to wherever the conversation might have to go um because that's 
we know how to construct things to get to uh, our desired outcomes, but that's not that's not the point of open leadership in the classroom setting. I, 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 I'm laughing because I, uh, I I do a lot of training uh, uh, in coaching, training people to coach teachers, and uh, it never fails that I, I'm I'm going to do a model, um, and so I'll ask the uh, person who's designing the uh in, in charge of the, the the system to find somebody who will model with me mm-hmm. so i said yeah. you know, we're, we're gonna have a model conference in front of the group and so i'll get a note from the person they say uh, thanks steve i'm looking forward to this can you send me the questions in advance <laughs> and, and my response is no i can't do you know why and <laughs> they say no and when i tell them well, because I don't know what the second question is going to be until I right. hear the answer to your first one. Th- that whole idea of 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 a of a conversation where I'm following them uh, rather than uh, than leading them is is a surprise to a lot of educators. Uh, it's a completely different change for a lot of folks. That we're not we don't we don't train our educators to do the relational work that is required, even at the as often the most minimal level, and that we believe that needs to change. Yeah. Um, there's a chapter in your book on uh, modeling creative democracy, and you have this quote from John Dewey that caught my uh, caught my attention. And the quote is, what direction shall we give to the work of the school so that the richness and fullness of the democratic way of life in all its scope uh, may be promoted? Uh, yeah. So. The, the, first of all, the, the quote stopped me. <laughs> uh, but then. Uh, uh, what questions might educators, especially teachers, be asking themselves when they right. when they think about about that uh, the concept of a de- democratic way of life and all its scope be promoted? I think fundamentally, our educators need to be seen, heard, and understand their role as democracy builders. And as a broader society, we have to move beyond this idea that elections are really the only part of democracy. Democracy lives in our hearts. It lives in our beings. It lives in the way we make decisions with our teams, with our family, with our community. Um, it shows up in our daily interactions. And um, I think we have to be honest when we see our uh, democracies uh, in um, across the world uh, struggling and buckling under the pressure uh, of our modern era and say, well, are we actually in our greatest democracy building structure, education, practicing strong group decision making? Are we teaching people how to work together? Are we teaching people how to make decisions together, to design together, to build together? And then if our educators could be supported to reconceive their role as democracy builders, that we would be able to have incredible effects to see democratic flourishing live across our society. One phrase that uh, Landon and I, we had a professor that many people know, um, uh, Richard Elmore, um, rest in peace. uh, You know, he's famous for saying task predicts performance. What you do regularly predicts how you will uh, be able to do that uh, later. And, you know, we say, like, if you want to run a marathon, you don't read about running a marathon. You don't watch videos about somebody running a marathon. You just have to run. And I think every teacher to this point that Landon's making so beautifully, if you're a democracy builder, then what kind of democracy are you modeling? Which is really why we called it model creative democracy. And so within your classroom, does it feel like a democratic space 
Uh, and, and one very concrete thing that we talk about in the book is, and many of the, my expeditionary learning friends out there will, will know exactly what we're talking about here is the fist to five decision-making protocol, which is consensus driven. Uh, and it models a very different way of engaging a group of people in a shared enterprise and building shared collective commitment and actually increasing discourse um, by moving away from a 50 plus one sort of voting mm. mechanism, which is the way that people think about democracy in our country right now. And it doesn't have to be that way. Um, people can people can make decisions together. They can propose very clear things and then uh, and then share their commitment through this simple visual. Um, and I think any teacher can do that uh, on a number of things, not everything, uh, but try it. Uh, and that's what we would encourage people. I'm just pondering on this. I'm uh, actually uh, he heading out the next couple of weeks to be working in schools around peer coaching and teachers inviting colleagues into their classrooms. And the teacher that's inviting someone in is giving them something to look for. Right. Uh, give me some input. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I think I'm going to be uh, putting the word democracy builder uh, out there in front of some folks. You know, if, if you got 15, 20 minutes, just stop in and look around and just note anything you see that right. suggests I'm a, I'm a democracy builder. You know, uh, I love that. Anything you see happening because you, you're you, you got to get there consciously. And, right. and a lot of the things that that go in the wrong direction are happening unconsciously. They're, they're not purposeful decisions that people are making. And without it coming to your attention, you can't look at, at, at making a change there. That's right. I'm wondering if I can get some closing words of encouragement uh, for teachers. Uh, I, I have to assume most teachers are listening to you, hearing that there's some risk present here. Uh, so give, give, them, give them encouragement to uh, be willing to take on those risks. Well, uh, first off, again, thank you for even being willing to explore new ways of your practice. Um, it's so hard and challenging given our current context. Uh, but uh, the future of our democracy depends on on you. And that doesn't mean for you to be perfect. Uh, it doesn't mean for you to solve every problem that ever comes across your desk as a teacher. Uh, but for every day, uh, potentially one day at a time, you to take a step forward to build a better democracy in your classroom could change the world. And uh, it's something that Landon brought into our writing process for the book, and it shows up in the book too, is progress, not perfection. Take a small bite, be a democratic uh, leader and a democracy builder in, in small ways that feel manageable and doable to you. Uh, and then look for, look for more and more opportunities to do just that. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'm sure that listeners heard in your words uh, what I heard was both the... Uh, the challenge and, and, and the encouragement and the uh, the importance of the outcome is what would push to take the challenge uh, and, and and be encouraged to, to stay with it. Um, tell folks the best way that they might uh, follow up, continue to learn more about the work you're doing, find your book. You can find us all over social media at The Open System, uh, theopensystem.org, and uh, we can't wait to hear from you. I'll be sure to uh, add that to the lead into the podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for all you're doing. Thanks for listening in, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Barkley or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.